Hello and welcome back to the Silver Screen and Roll Podcast Network. This is I Love Basketball. I'm your host, Sabrina Merchants, joined as always by Raj Shabalu. Raj and I actually met in person for the very <laughs> first time this past week. Both of us were in Vegas for Las Vegas Summer League. Uh, we met briefly watching Brooklyn versus Milwaukee in Cox Pavilion. Mm -hmm. magical moment uh it's my very first time in summer league as those of you who listened to the show last week know it's very exciting to finally get to meet raj and people who used to podcast with raj in person just to get to hang out with so many members of the lakers you know twitter media community and i had a great time raj how how did your time in vegas go it was great you know it always feels like um it was super hot even though you're indoors the whole time it does it, it really Honestly, did i didn't uh, really notice the heat like it was not that big oh, really thing. okay and i live on <laughs> okay, the west were... side like in santa monica i get breeze when i walk out of the house so for me to not notice the heat <laughs> i i don't know maybe i was just so happy to be in vegas that it didn't particularly occur to me <laughs> but vegas was uh vegas was fun summer league is always a great time like I was telling the, la the the people listening to this podcast, if they can get out there, they should. Um, we got to watch some good basketball and just stare at our phones for like the whole time, hoping something would happen. I thought that was the most <laughs> annoying part of it. Uh, Don't LeBron you have James, notifications you... turned on? <laughs> I try not to have that. I, I feel like it just messes with your whole day when Woj retweets something that has nothing <laughs> to do with anything that we're trying to talk about. But um, yeah, LeBron was courtside, which was cool. Um, and yeah, Summer League was great. Are you recovered though? I feel like... Wednesday is when I'm pretty much recovered. You know, <laughs> after uh, two days uh, in Vegas, you need a few days to recover. Today was like the best I've felt since I've got back. I mean, I, I only did two days in Vegas. I only did Thursday and Friday. I came back Saturday morning like, like a real idiot. I had a 7 a.m. flight out of Vegas on Saturday morning. Um, so I've been back in L.A. for a minute. Uh, I feel fine. I mean, Saturday I felt terrible because I went out Friday night uh, basically – took a quick 30 minute power nap, flew back to LA and was doing stuff with my family all day. So, uh, that was a rough day, but I feel, I feel great now. And yeah, I mean, just, you mentioned this last week, like how much fun I was going to have. And you were absolutely right. It's just, it's like NBA summer camp. Like everyone that I've ever interacted with online talking about the Lakers or the rest of the NBA was there and they were all delightful and they all, uh, they all had some thoughts about my Kyrie Irving takes, which was really the first thing that came up anytime anybody wanted to talk to me. And I probably didn't like not encourage it because I was also wearing a Duke jersey and several people thought it was a Duke Kyrie Irving jersey because Kyrie wore number two when he was in the NBA, even though he did not wear number two at Duke. So no, not a Kyrie Irving jersey. But yeah, uh, apparently that is what I'm known for at the moment among the Laker community is my intense distaste for Kyrie Irving. And yes. unfortunately... God, it looks like we're just not done with him yet. <laughs> no, we're not. It looks it looks like uh, it's going to go on. Before we go, I want to ask you a few things about summer league because uh, were you at the Chet um, the Chet versus uh, uh, who did he, who's versus Jabari? I did I think, not see Chet play. I saw Jabari. And oh, you Paolo didn't see play. Chet? No, play. I didn't see Chet. Okay, I saw. Right. I just Jabari, think Jabari, uh, Paolo, and Jaden Ivy play, but I didn't see the other two top five guys. Okay, I thought they all looked pretty good. Like I don't even got to see Chet play on TV, but he looked fun, and yeah, I mean, that's I the most fun part about Keegan Murray play on TV. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's the most fun part about summer league. Like if you go watch, if you're that close sitting probably to see Chet, it's probably a lot of money to go see Chet. You know, if you're that that close to seeing him, but uh, at summer league you can get in for you know, what 40, 50 bucks and and sit almost courtside to see him. So I thought it was exciting. I thought it was strange that the Orlando Magic shut down. You know, Paulo after like two games of of summer league play. I think. I saw what they needed to see 
Yeah, but I feel like this is like I want to ask you about this because this is for the fans, though, right? Like the Orlando Magic sat through hellscape of a season. They get the number one pick. They have a connection with this player because he's actually he's really good, and you would know he went to. He's went fun. To so yeah. he's, he's he's a really fun player. Uh, I think he also is marketable. Like I, he seems like a guy that like understands who gets it. Mm-hmm. He plays two games and he shut him down. Like is Paulo not going to be playing basketball this summer? Serena? Like. I don't understand that your fans could connect with the player even more. We saw what it did for Kuzma. It was on a way lower level, but I mean, like when Laker fans saw Kuzma in preseason, they exploded because we, we got a full kind of uh, game from him in the summer. I just think that's strange. I, I, I think like, I understand if he's hurt, then I get it, but I just thought like he should play. He looked good. Chet looked good. Jaden Ivey, I thought looked really good. Um, and uh, even Jabari Smith showed like, he's going to be a really great defender. We'll see if the jumper Agreed. comes around yeah. soon, but yeah, I wish they would let them play because I'm, I'm glad I went the first week and I got to see Paulo play, I guess, before, exactly. before, before it starts the regular season. I see. I'm with you. I'm of the belief that these guys should play in summer as much as possible, unless unless it's a back to back, in which case I'm all for you sitting the guy on one end of a back to back. Like, that's perfectly fine with me. They don't really play back to backs in college um, unless it's in like the ACC tournament or whatever conference tournament. So if you want to prevent them from doing that this early in their NBA careers, that's fine. But there are so many other games that are not on back to back. You can easily <laughs> play them. And, and especially like if you're a fan of, you know, Orlando or OKC and like Orlando just didn't have very many good players this season. And then OKC shut down all of their good players like halfway through the year, like Giddy barely played. And, you know, anyone with a pulse really like Lou Dort and Kenrich Williams, like they weren't getting a lot of minutes at the end of the year. It's just frustrating right. that at like at every opportunity, you could have to see them play like something is happening. And while I don't necessarily agree with Adam Silver, like that the main problem plaguing the NBA is load management and players who are available and healthy to play, not playing. Like, I'm not necessarily sure that that's the case. Although just as a side note, as someone who covers women's basketball, like more regularly now, the idea that Mm -hmm. NBA players are complaining about the schedule when women literally play year round is hilarious to me. Anyway, the decisions are weird, but like the basketball at summer league is weird. So many of these guys, like I'm going to know their names for a week and then never again. <laughs> it's chaotic, right? It's up and down. It's, it it's not chaotic. really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everyone trying to get their own shot. Uh, but I'm glad you got to experience it, though. I think I think once you go, you'll want to go every um, every year. I think it's uh, I 100 comes anyone trip. Like I I'm watching the games on TV now and I'm just like, man, like now that I've like been in that building, I want to be back there. I want to like just be in this ridiculous rowdy environment. Um, we're just like everywhere you turn, there's some famous NBA player or personnel executive that you recognize. Uh, it was, it was just a delight. That's a delight. Yeah. <laughs> and you went at a good time. It was packed. I mean, it was crowded. Um, the seats Oliver were versus Jabari was a lot of fun. That was a really it good was, right? atmosphere. Yeah. I was, I think that was Thursday night. Yeah. That was really fun. <laughs> I mean, I was like exactly, obviously yes. a little, a little too into it. Like I <laughs> have made my affiliations very clear on this podcast and, you know, and very, very big Paolo Homer, but I thought he lived up to it, you know? And then uh, I think it would have been really fun actually to be in the building for that absurd double overtime like game between the Kings and the magic <laughs> where Paolo had a game that. saving block and the game winning assist. I think I would have lost my goddamn mind. <laughs> yeah, and the, the game tying three by, uh, I believe it was Keegan Murray who hit that um, on the Kings. That was mm-hmm. really fun. The crowd exploded. That's what I love about summer league. The crowd is like really into these games. They'll shout out refs. Um, they care about every call. Uh, I, 
I just think it's great to be in that type of uh, basketball environment. And hopefully we have some, you know, Laker young players that they do come out. It was sad. The game that the Lakers played that I got to watch on Friday, I believe. I believe they played on Friday. Um, kind of a dud. I mean, we didn't really play that one against the Suns, well. right? Yeah, it yeah. felt like the regular season kind of. Um, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> that one was a dud. But uh, they came back and played better on Sunday. But yeah, it's just a great this- time. And just a ima- the Suns appear to be taking just... out some of their frustrations in summer. Like, they absolutely <laughs> whooped the Lakers. They whooped the Mavericks the other day. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Um, but just imagine, though, if we had a lottery pick, how crazy that crowd would be, you know, how uh, how intense it would be. Um, and you can kind of yeah. just imagine what it was like for the, the Lonzo years. The Lonzo game um, is literally yeah. like a touchstone for everyone to refer to during summer league. Like everyone I spoke to is like, yeah, Paolo's getting some good buzz, but like nothing like when Lonzo was here, <laughs> like the Lonzo opening game. It's become this like mythical aspect of summer league lore that everyone talks about in hushed reverend tones. You know, it's like, ah, that was a game that you had to be there for. And people just like make continuity errors when talking about it because they're like, oh yeah, you remember that Lonzo, D'Angelo, Russell, Brandon? I'm like, no, they were never all on the same team. Like that is impossible. What are you talking about? <laughs> No, it was it was just amazing because like the Lavar hype like peaked, you know, like it was at its absolute peak. Lonzo got drafted and then Lavar just continued this upward ascension of like, mm-hmm. you know, hyping Lonzo up all the way until summer league. And then, uh, yeah, and the crowd absolutely packed it out. Um, yeah, it's definitely a book a bookmark moment for for anyone who was the, who was there. I can only imagine because like the the top picks already get so much love like even Jabari Smith mm-hmm. Jr who I don't think is supremely marketable was like getting a lot of hype there was a lot of mm-hmm. Rockets fans there I can only imagine what would have been like if like the you know the Lakers had a, a top pick there which you know it's not gonna happen for a very long time <laughs> <laughs> hopefully not no it literally cannot because oh, yes. we, yeah the, New Orleans has swap rights for the 2023 pick. So unless the Lakers and New Orleans both suck, we're not getting a topic. And then in 2024, if we have a topic, then they'll take it. If we don't have a topic, then they'll just defer it to 2025. So that's the first Mm. chance that the Lakers will have to have another great young player at summer league is 2026. So book your rooms now is what (laughs) I'm trying to say. <laughs> well, this is a pretty good segue because uh will we have a 2027 and 2025? <laughs> first 2026, pick? that's the key. That's the year you want to get in on. <laughs> will we will we have a 2027, 2029 pick, uh Sabrina, um going forward? Okay, so I suppose we should recap like the basic state of negotiations regarding the Brooklyn Nets and Kyrie Irving. Uh, even though, you know, recent reports suggest that, oh, the Nets are perfectly content to wait it out with Kevin Durant. And, oh, like Kyrie didn't actually ask for a trade. He just wanted more money. So they allowed him to seek out sign and trade offers, blah, 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 blah. It all seems like a bunch of fostering so that the Nets can increase their leverage for Kyrie Irving and that Kyrie can get a deal done faster so he can get out of Brooklyn into Los Angeles where clearly he's spending his offseason already and wants to, wants to play with LeBron James again. I, I see why LeBron wants to get this done because... Steph just tied him. He needs to get to number five. He's got to get Kyrie in as soon as possible so the team can get building right away. Um, I see why Kyrie Mm -hmm. wants to get this done because his reputation is in tatters. And I don't pretend to understand the mental gymnastics that happen inside Kyrie Irving's head. Like that is not something I'm prepared to try to explain. But I would imagine that after the last couple of years have gone the way that they have, that he wants to get himself into a sturdier basketball situation. And that probably just isn't going to happen in Brooklyn, right? So just fresh start as soon as possible and every like leak and pseudo news report that has come out in the last week is just encouraging the nets and the lakers to get this job done 
Uh, the Nets reportedly want both the Lakers available first round picks to make this happen. They want the 2027 pick and the 2029 pick. The Lakers are only willing to send one of those picks. I mean, push comes to shove. I think you just have to send both of them. Like you win the deal or you don't win the deal. It doesn't really matter. Like you just have to find a real point guard to play next to LeBron James. You cannot waste this season. You cannot miss the playoffs for a second year in a row. Uh, and like, I'm watching the Lakers Clippers summer league game. JJ Reddick is calling the game alongside um, an ESPN guy I had not heard of before, but the a graphic of the Los Angeles Lakers roster comes on the screen and he asks JJ, John Schifrin, I want to say his name. He asks JJ, uh, what, what do you think of this Lakers roster? And JJ goes, you know, if, if this is the roster on opening night with the healthy Anthony Davis, with the rejuvenated, you know, LeBron James, with a Russell Westbrook, who has redefined his role, that might be a playoff team. <laughs> That was an insane moment. That was, was like, insane. I agree with you, JJ. I agree with you. <laughs> like, I just hate to hear it like that. You know, JJ's really good at this, by the way. I, I love having JJ on my TV. I, it's again, total Homer thing, but I think JJ is actually very good at media. His insistence on pointing out that the Lakers kept leaving the strong side shooter open in the corner was like, it was very true, <laughs> especially yes. after it had already happened. <laughs> against JT Thor to give up the game-winning shot in the previous summer league game, then continue to do it against the Clippers was maddening, but I digress. All that is to say that the Lakers do not have a roster that exactly inspires fear at the moment. And sure, you kind of need to fix that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm kind of tired of the negotiations going public. You know, I think it's really strange how, like, I think this happens a lot. Like the Gobert deal just happens, you know, in a dark night somewhere. Um, and but the Kyrie deal has to, you know, the Kyrie deal has to be negotiated in public. Like that makes that makes no sense. I don't know, Serena. I'm tired of it. I mean, I would like this just to be finished. I would like to know what team I'm having. Where where can I invest, you know, my time to go watch? I have all these Kyrie clips, you know, in some folder that um, I'm waiting. I'm hoping I get to. I'm I'm really hoping I get to I get to release those. Um, but still, I mean, it's why I keep coming back to it. I know you don't. I know you don't really want Kyrie Irving on the team. But again, you just saw that picture. Sabrina. That picture. I saw that the picture. I did. <laughs> it sucks. Yes. Like I mean, <laughs> it's a strong word. It's it's a it, there's it's a it's not a great it's not talent a great outside it's of LeBron James and Anthony Davis. <laughs> we <sighs> have to upgrade. I mean, you have to give yourself a chance. I mean, Kyrie Irving's not the best. You know player to kind of just throw into a all or nothing environment I think I think that's that's a very big risk to throw him into um but that's where we are I mean Russell Westbrook he just I, I don't really know what to make of the LeBron and Russell Westbrook not shoot, sitting next to each other I, I have no idea what that stuff means anymore I have no it's idea so high school Raj it's so high school I was dying at this this is so this is the one Laker game I actually got to watch in person the one against the Suns uh -huh. and Saw Russell Westbrook get in real early. He's sitting there next to the Lakers bench, like a real good teammate. And that in itself is awkward because Lord knows this man has been shopped for the last six months of his Lakers career. In itself, the fact that Russell Westbrook is there with the Lakers uh -huh. makes me feel a little uncomfortable. And then we get Darvin Ham and Rob Linka and Kurt Rambis and LeBron shows up walking in with THT. And there's no acknowledgement of Russell Westbrook between LeBron and Russ. Like, how do you, 
how do you not just walk the 15 feet like across the court, just meet in the middle, you know, maybe it's like 25 feet. I don't know, but it just, it's such an easy public display to accomplish. And the fact that they couldn't do that little bit makes me think that, oh, there's no way Russell Westbrook starts the season on this team. Like it seems silly to ascribe that much importance to one moment, but like LeBron doesn't do anything unintentionally. And for him not even to dap sure. up Russell Westbrook when he probably dapped up 75 other people on his way into the arena <laughs> felt significant. <laughs> I mean, just go back a year ago, they were like sitting next to each other at summer league. Right. So, I mean, you, you fast forward a year, they're far apart. THT. I know you wanted him playing in the game, but he's at, he's actually, he's at least there. Right. Serena, I mean, you didn't get him. He should have you know, been in the sitting game. Next to the- <laughs> But he sat next to LeBron the whole time, um, like a season that, you know, was sitting there enjoying the summer league games. Uh, but yeah, Russell was really active in the huddle as well, right? Uh, he was helping out the team and stuff like that. But yeah, I just don't think you can bring him back now. I mean, it's, it's reported LeBron really wants Kyrie Irving. Like, I don't know. I don't think you can bring Russ back to this roster anymore. But yeah, help me, Sabrina. Is Kyrie, help me kind of work through this because I'm having a rough time kind of following all these reports. Help me still. Okay, once again, I will repeat that I don't pretend to have any understanding of what Kyrie Irving is doing <laughs> at any moment, ever. What he's Walk saying, the vibes. what he's thinking. The vibes. Um, just, again, by the fact that the Lakers have built a roster that is devoid of shooting, <laughs> that LeBron James refuses to acknowledge Russell Westbrook in public. <laughs> just by the fact that they cannot run back what happened a year ago? My guess is that like this, the Lakers did not go into the off season thinking that they were going to get Kyrie Irving, right? Like that was not something that we were thinking about, you know, like when the Nets season ended, when the Lakers season ended, it didn't seem like, Oh, the Nets are going to blow this all up. Like, no, they were going to try to see like, okay, if our guys are actually healthy, if we actually have our big three healthy at the same time. And yes, now Ben Simmons is there instead of James Harden. But like, if we actually have three all-stars together at the same time, what can we do? I think that was the going assumption that that's what the Nets were going to try. They were going to try to actually field a normal, competent NBA team. And so this Kyrie Irving thing was just like a gift. Remember when we first talked about it and I said, like, it was, it was impossible, right? This is never going to happen. I don't even know why we're talking about Kyrie Irving. Like this was, he wasn't taking a 30 million pay cut. Mm -hmm. When we're talking about Rob Palinka's manna from heaven, like this is literally a manna from heaven that you get to swap out Russell Westbrook from Kyrie Irving. And you cannot waste this opportunity. So when push comes to shove, I think the Lakers are just going to suck it up and do it. Maybe they'll be able to win the negotiation. I don't know. But I firmly believe that Kyrie Irving is going to start the season as a Laker. I don't really particularly care how many picks it costs to get the job done. But that is where I stand. I'm glad to hear you say that because that will make next year's, uh, at least to watching the basketball a lot more enjoyable. Um, and we got also a report, right, that I think Brian Windhorst said LeBron hasn't used his contract, you know, uh, extension power yet, uh, but he can. He can extend it. He can extend in August. Yeah, just add another fuel to this uh, to this flame. But, uh, yeah, I just uh, – the basketball fit's too good. So, you, know, like you can't – you can say all the off-the-court stuff, but the basketball fit is just too good. We have – if you look at this roster, who's – who's handling the ball like it's it's pretty much just lebron and lonnie walker i mean if russ russell what <laughs> russ yeah yes russ. a little bit I of Taylor, a little bit of kendrick nunn <laughs> yeah give me the three superstars and uh let's work around that so 
I'm hoping I'm hoping he still comes. I'm hoping uh, we have Kyrie Irving by sometime. Hopefully on a Tuesday he comes. So then the next day then we, we can, can talk just, about it. On I, can, <laughs> I can break you with a we'll with turn this Kyrie into a video positivity. podcast if Kyrie Irving signs on a Tuesday night or Wednesday morning and we can just show all the glyphs that Raj has in his treasure chest. <laughs> just Raj reacting to the glory that is a point guard who can shoot and run a competent pick and roll. Yes, exactly. Not just a competent pick and roll that like one of the best pick and roll scoring guards that we, we've. I feel like I've gone too deep though, because he souped doesn't up have Malik him. Monk is how I refer to him. <laughs> that is not fair. <laughs> yeah, I love Malik Monk. Malik yeah. Monk is the reason we almost beat the Clippers twice this season. Souped That's up true. Malik Monk would actually let us beat the Clippers. <laughs> I love me. Wish him the best in uh, Sacramento. Uh, Absolutely. But, uh, but yeah, let's let's hope. Let's hope we have a. You said you said you know that wasn't the Lakers' plans going into this offseason. I'm a little worried what they were. I guess like you know like if if it wasn't Kyrie Irving, then was it? I Buddy assume Heald? it was like the the Indiana package or a Charlotte package. Yeah. But Charlotte's okay. sort of been in this uh, you know standstill in their offseason right. too because of the Miles Bridges situation mm-hmm. and frankly the fact that they haven't signed Miles Bridges to a contract is actually really heartening to me that they are actually imposing some sort of punishment right. on him for what is allegedly happened, but. Yeah, I think that was the idea was that they were going to attach the picks to get like some duo of role players to replace Russell Westbrook. And obviously, like, while I would be happy to have, you know, a Miles Turner or a Buddy Heald or a a Gordon Hayward on the Lakers, like Kyrie Irving is better than any of those (laughs) players. His availability comes into question, sure. But I repeat, like for all, for whatever I feel about Kyrie Irving, having to root for him as a fans person, whatever. I do believe that this is a gift that the Lakers have stumbled upon, that he is available, that he wants to come to the Lakers. And this tends to happen to the Lakers, right? Like players want mm-hmm. to come to Los Angeles. It's a thing that is a consequence of them being a glamour franchise in the NBA, but it doesn't always happen to players that are this good, right? Last year, the player who wanted to come to the Lakers was Russell Westbrook. Yeah, that's true. And we traded a lot to get him. So I know. So. I mean, like the first choice on the Lakers list last summer was Damian Lillard, right? And Bradley Beal. This was not the first option. Right. Yeah. Who's who's more a mana from heaven, KCP or Kyrie Ring? I guess I will always love KCP more. <laughs> like that's not even a question. Why, why are we even entertaining this? <laughs> even when KCP says things like, "If Anthony Davis doesn't hit that shot, I think we would have lost the Nuggets." Like, okay you know, endear yourself to your new fan base, Cantavius, but no, we would have won that series. Yeah. You and I talked about the fact that it was a closer series than people remember. (laughs) Like it was closer. It was a lot closer. People just say, oh yeah, they beat him in five. No, 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 no. That was a, that was a gut-wrenching. I would have felt okay about it. (laughs) Me too. For sure. I think we were the better team, but yeah, this is really, he's he's something special. (laughs) There's no defending. I him. look forward to the threes that he will create for KCP next year. <laughs> That's a scary team. Jamal Murray coming back healthy. Jamal and yeah. Michael are healthy. That is a fun team. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think Jamal Murray's become underrated. Well, we'll see what he, he is. He hasn't after. played in like 50 uh, Yeah. So it happens. But we'll see him after his injury. But I'm very high on, uh, very high on him. Very yeah, high on Donovan the Mitchell. Only, they're the only West contender who I think is good, who I actually like all of the players. So like when, when the Lakers are not doing well, the Nuggets are always the team that I, you know, root for after them, but I also sure. you know, have built the right well. way <laughs> built through the draft. Yeah. Um, 
let's get let's get Kyrie Irving on this team. Let's get Kyrie, let's, let's get Kyrie around <laughs> so we can compete with the Nuggets. <laughs> All right. Well, Sabrina, uh, you got in, you got into summer league, right? You were able to watch a bunch of the games. Uh, you have thoughts. Uh, you're also tired of this Kyrie stuff. Uh, let me know. What do you, what do you like talked about Kyrie? I want to talk about this guy for like five minutes. I know. Yeah. Uh, That's a Kyrie experience. Um, keeps happening. So who do you like? (laughs) Who do you like from summer league? What, what stood out for, what stood out from you? Um, okay. So Scotty Pippen has like some of the highest highs and lowest lows of any, any player I watched (laughs) on the Lakers during the summer league. Like there are moments when it's like, Oh, he is creating good shots for everyone on the Lakers. Sure, like the finishing around the rim leaves a little something to be desired because he's only five foot eleven, but he just seems to know how to play basketball, and that's something that I can't honestly exactly, say yeah. about everybody else in summer league. <laughs> well, let's stay a little bit on uh, Scotty Pippen because I, I want to ask you about him. Um, mm-hmm. He's actually listed as six three, which I don't know if that's um, if that's correct or not. But <laughs> no, um, no, I no, see he's kind of like, like a, uh, I see kind of. Oh, I'm pretty. Look sure, at the guy next like, to yeah, everybody he's else. At six, three, look, at him, look at him standing next to other people on the court and tell me that he is taller than six feet. I don't believe that. For well, that's, okay. That's what he's, that's his, that's his, that's his, that's his listed high up. I'm just going to go off that. But anyway, that's three inches taller than Tyus Jones, which I thought he was, I thought they were kind of similar kind of height. Um, that's the kind of ceiling I see from him. I think summer league is just chaotic in his nature. And I think he brings like a control to a chaotic environment. Like, I think, I just, I think he knows how to play basketball. Like you said, um, but can you see that? Can you see like a Tyus Jones, I guess, comp for him? I don't think he's going to ever going to be like a starting role, starting type, but like a reserve third guard can like come in for like five, 10 minutes, run your offense. He shot, I think 35% from three, um, his final season in college uh, has a floater to him as well. There's some like one-on-one shot creation, which I don't think we really need to see from him. But we don't need that. I think like now. he looks for guys. Yeah, yeah. But he actually <laughs> looks for guys. Like so many guys you give the ball to in summer league and they're just like, okay, the one-on-one isolation mm-hmm. chance. And he'll like make the right read. Like he'll run a pick and roll. If the bounce pass is there, he'll do it. Um, but you see that a little bit of Tyus Jones is that kind of a reach for his, for his uh, comp. So again, you were talking to one of the foremost Tyus Jones <laughs> fans alive. <laughs> Uh, that's true so yes. that is that is a high high comp but <laughs> I mean I was just thinking of Scotty as a guy who could run our offense in South Bay and like you need a point guard or, who knows how to run things on your G League team in order to evaluate everyone else it's like actually an important job to have I mean if you if he's actually six foot three I'd be more willing to entertain this conversation but like I'm gonna need to see this guy in person and actually <laughs> figure out what sort of physical measurements we're working with because the height that he appears to be, I don't think there is an NBA future for him, but he, but you're right. Like he does make a lot of the right reads. I thought his ability to get into the paint was awesome. Like just consistently attacking the rim, what not necessarily to score, but like he was able to break the defense and get into the paint pretty regularly. And that's an awesome skill to have, uh, even if it's not resulting in rim attacks for Pippen directly, but among the guys who are on our summer league team, I think him and Cole yeah. have like the best sense of how to actually play basketball. That logically makes sense considering they're the ones who are <laughs> signed to NBA contracts. <laughs> but uh, I'm just not sure if his his like build will allow me to see anything beyond that for him. Although I really like watching him play. Yeah, I think like the height thing, uh, he does look smaller than than what's listed for sure. And I think part he of looked, that also. <laughs> I, I thought he was listed 5'11". Like I'm legitimately watching this guy. 
I would believe it. Like if I if I looked it up and it said five eleven, I would totally believe it. I think he just like his athleticism isn't there. Like it doesn't pop. So like he looks even smaller than he is. His separation, he gets to the basket, but doesn't get like a lot of separation on guys, especially on step backs. A lot of them will get blocked or he gets fouled. Um, but he just understands like floor spacing. Like when he drives, he knows where the help's coming and he kicks it out. And again, like you talked about with the G League, but I think that's important in summer league too. Just having a guard that like mm-hmm. wants to facilitate, and I think that's extremely rare. So I like him. Like as a third guard, we'll see if he stays on the two way. Um, but I, I think he's going to be a guard in this league. Like I'm high on like former NBA players, kids. You know, like I think that's have you <laughs> that's watched any of Ron Harper Jr. Because that might disabuse <laughs> you of this idea that NBA players' kids can do stuff. <laughs> I mean, of or course, if you watch Sharif O'Neal, <laughs> who's on the same team, yes, I've, I've, I've seen him. Uh, but I mean, Pippen Jr. has shown like enough tools in his like tool set to me, like that he's investable. Like I would invest in whatever he's going to be. We'll see if the Lakers have a need for that. Uh, but like, if he can stay in our South Bay and be developed there with our developmental coaches, I would like that. I think there's a, I think there's a good player in there. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a good player in there. Again, it really just comes down to me to how big he actually is. I, I don't need to repeat it again. I did think it was interesting that like, so he, he starts a point guard for the Lakers and then Mason Jones comes in and sort of takes the second unit duties at point guard in the summer league team. And he just has a very different way of running the offense. Mm-hmm. Um, like he does not break the paint at all. <laughs> That's not a Mason Jones thing. What offense? <laughs> but I didn't think he was that bad at actually like finding people when he drew two to the ball. It's just like, yeah that's not something that he's doing with any regularity. Like he's got a nice jumper. He just calls his number a little bit too often. I mean, he's been in the South Bay system for a year. Like we had him on a COVID hardship at some point this season, didn't we? Yes. He played games yeah. this year. Yeah. So he's, he should be more seasoned than Scotty Pippen. And like, you can tell that he's got some fluidity to what he's doing. It's just like, it's really hard to generate good shots for your teammates when Again, you were never getting the ball in the paint. It just was never happening. There was no probing or attacking the rim happening on um, Mason Jones's part. Uh, but I don't know. He had his nice handle, some shake. I thought like, there was a couple moments when like he would get a high screen and then just like immediately dish a bullet out of that. But you know, I, I don't think point guard is really in this guy's future. <laughs> yeah, Mason Jones is, is frustrating. He has like the THT build, right? He's six four, mm-hmm. got a thick thick body um he gives me he reminds me of like the alex crusoe quote where he's like uh players don't know what job they're trying to get in the in the league they have players already they're averaging 30 um they need guys who can do other things and mason jones is like no i want to be the number one option on whatever team i'm on so yeah. whenever he gets the ball he just attacks he tries to score step back jumpers uh everything's just an isolation attack and i think at like six four that's tough those kind of guards are few and far between to find so uh, but he played, he's plays, he plays great in our G league. Like he puts up numbers. Um, he's, he's been great there. I just, I don't know what his role, I guess is um, in the next level. Yeah. Um, I guess we should talk about Max Christie a little bit. Yes. Who, it was revealed today was signed to a two year guaranteed minimum contract, which, you know, congratulations to second round pick for getting two years of guaranteed money. That's, it's a pretty big deal. I kind of forget that he's on the court at times because none of the offense goes through him. <laughs> But then, you know, like he hits that like against the Clippers, he hits that three at the end of the half that yeah. you know closes the gap from six to three. And when the game is super close at the end, they drop an ATO for Christie in the corner. Right. And like, that's a huge sign of confidence that your rookie, like he's the one getting the shot in that moment. And that's kind of cool. So I don't know. I, 
defensively, I think he's more interesting to me, but like, I also yeah. don't think that a rookie is going to make that big of an impact defensively. Like that's a very rare combination. He's not, he's not Herb Jones, you know, like he doesn't have that level of physical sure. um, tools that he's working with. So I don't know. I just, I just like the fact that like he, he seems to play hard on defense and he doesn't demand the ball on offense because that'll make him easier to fit in if he ever plays real minutes for the Lakers in the next two years. Yeah. I, I really like his game and I think whatever we get out of him offensively is a bonus this season, honestly, like you're not going to get an offense from him. He tried to create some shots. His release is like slow, I think, or like it takes a while or it's not like said it's all over the place. Mm-hmm. He had like two threes that almost hit the ceiling. I mean, it had like crazy, <laughs> it had like crazy arc on it. Um, but I think the defensive potential is definitely there. He's long enough. Um, and he, like you said, he plays hard on that. And I think he understands how to play. You saw the Clipper game. I thought he did the best job on like Brandon Boston that I've seen. I mean, Brandon Boston has been doing pretty well. Brandon Boston was getting like Kawhi level, like to the line in that game yeah. to, to, to start. But I thought Christie did a really nice job on him. He was ball denying, keeping the ball away from him. The Clippers had a few players as well that I thought just wanted to score and kind of kept the ball out of his hands. But uh, Max Christie's fun. I think he's a fun defender. I think he's a, like, I'd like him to be the backup point guard on this team. Like I, that I point I, guard. Like, I'd like him to, like, bring the ball up. Like, I think he has that type of – and he actually looks to pass. Like, he goes and he drives and he actually kicks out. I think he makes He's not a great... as a backup two-guard, but, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, he, uh, yeah, that's, that's right. I mean, I just want him to have the ball more, I guess. he You you talked about you uh, you notice that he's not on the floor sometimes, like – or you forget he's on the floor. Yeah, yeah, He just doesn't get the ball. He'll go stand in the corner and just stand there the whole the whole time and spot yeah. up when that's, – that's not what he is. He's a guy that likes to come off uh, – screens and stuff like that and, and floppy actions which i wish we ran more action for him honestly but it's I, not I like even him such a, a bad thing that he's like not noticeable like you mentioned the thing with brendan boston like he's not making defensive plays so to speak sure. but like his impact is still being felt on that yeah. and like even when we were talking about him against moses moody earlier like he was just preventing him from doing the things that he wanted to do right so it's not like blocks and steals it's just i'm making your life more challenging which is fine it's just he definitely is one of those guys whose game doesn't jump off of the screen right but I mean, he to me, like he has enough ball handling. Like I'd like to see it, you know, like you drafted this guy. Let's let's involve him in, in yeah. our offense. Um, uh, so I, I'd just like to see a little bit more opened up from him and maybe we get it in the next few games. But yeah, yeah I like I liked what he showed. But my my favorite Laker in summer league was was actually Javante McCoy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie. The little spin that he does to get to his jump shot. Loved watching that. <laughs> it's got a wicked crossover, too. I liked Javante McCoy quite a bit. Yeah, he has like a dribble drive, fadeaway, mid-range pull-up, which like, I don't know what to do with that. Like, No, it's it's not a sustainable (laughs) NBA move. Like there's no way this guy is carving out an NBA career with the moves that he is putting on in summer league. But I will say they're hell entertaining. (laughs) And I enjoy watching him play. (laughs) It was very important to win, like to win, to win that game. We needed his fadeaway jumpers. I'm just, we did when I'm watching. Yeah. When I'm watching that, I'm like, what do I take from that? Like from a fadeaway mid-range pull-up that he did 10 times. Like, I, I have no idea what I do he with that. He made that same move consistently though. So clearly like that is in his bag. Um, but again, I don't think it's a sustainable, you know, setup for an NBA yeah. career. But yeah. Hey, it was, right. it was it was fun like a, to watch. No, it was pretty. And it like swished every time. It, it wasn't, it was like. Looks it looks good. like he does that consistently. Like he, yeah. that's his shot. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I'd like a little bit more variety. I mean, he, I mean, it was going in. So <laughs> I, mean, I can't moves. get. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
<laughs> he's got the little spin to the fadeaway jumper and he's got the right to left cross to pull up from his left. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was fun to watch, but yeah, I don't know what to, to really, what to analyze with that. I was just like, that's a great shot. I mean, it was a great shot. <laughs> Sometimes it's just nice to watch. So I'm really be like, Oh, like this guy can play basketball. That's kind of cool. <laughs> No, Sabrina, I need to imagine LeBron James next to them every <laughs> single time, no matter what move they do. <laughs> Not one of these guys is going to be playing real minutes next to LeBron James this season. I'm here to tell you that right now. All due apologies to Max Christie. <laughs> Not one of these guys is going to be playing crunch time minutes next to LeBron James in 2022-23, but that's why I'm just enjoying the experience as it happens. Yeah, something went really wrong if, like, uh, McCoy is next to LeBron in crunch time. Like, something really went wrong this, okay, this season so let's let's get out on this we've got three players who are actually under contract for the lakers two two ways and max christie of the three of them which one do you think is most likely to actually play next to lebron in meaningful minutes i think cole swider is ready like tomorrow like i would okay. have him in the rotation i know he's not a great defender we just went through no Scottie he's not <laughs> <laughs> we just went through scotty Pippen jr's uh height uh, conspiracy i guess of mm-hmm. being six three close wider is a six nine like he's he is six nine yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's a legit six nine i mean I, like there's things you can do at that level that even if you're not a great defender you can still be in the way you can still be physical um you can still box out for rebounds i don't want to see him dribble i think that's like in an absolute uh adventure every time he does again I, I that reminded me of kyle kuzma when he did that even like a little dribble even like when he tries to sidestep it's almost like a defender gets right in his space and he can, he needs to kind of work in that, but he's, he's comfortable already, like shooting slightly contested. Like he doesn't have to be open, open to shoot, mm-hmm. which I think is important. And again, catching passes from LeBron James, uh, Ky- Kyrie Russ, whoever it is <laughs> next season. Um, I think he can, I think he can really play. You spot him on the wing or the corner. I mean, guys who tag and try to get back on him that, you know, the closeouts in summer league are not as not like they'll be in the NBA, but I think he's a legit, you know, three-point shooter. I think he's shown that. So I would, I think he needs to play next year. So now that we've gotten to the point where Raj is advocating for one of our two-way players to be in the (laughs) rotation tomorrow, I think we have reached the end of this podcast. (laughs) A rotation. He need. I want him to get a shot. You said it. He needs to play tomorrow. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. I just, I looked up our three-point percentages from all the people on the roster. Mm -hmm. I saw the three-point percentage on the roster. I'm like. Yeah, we need more shooting. We need, we need more shooting. A lot more. Yeah. We need more yep. shooting. What did you think of Kyrie Irving, Seth Curry, Joe Harris? You know, all of those are shooters. Yeah, if they're on the team, Cole can, you know, relax. But we can save our Cole Swider thoughts for next week. I'll be watching some more Summer League and getting more, more thoughts on Cole. But uh, for now, I think all the people need to know is that Raj is advocating for him to be in the rotation. And that's a, that's a good place to stop. So start it. Start him next to AD. There start- we go. <laughs> Just, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm not entirely sure you are. So <laughs> that has been today's episode of I Love Basketball. Make sure you're subscribed to the Silver Screen Roll podcast feed. We're talking about the Lakers every day of the week, and we'll be back next week. Get, 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 get,